Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Life's a Gamble podcast with me, Matt. This is episode seven, and I'm titling it Nobody Knows Shit. Okay, just a reminder, we're live on Twitch every Tuesday, 6 p.m. West Coast time, the best coast time. Okay, you can find this podcast on Apple um, on Apple Podcasts or on Google Podcasts. You can find it on Podbean, and then it's also uploaded in video format to YouTube. All right, let's talk about last week. Last week, oh my God. Each week, it seems like it's been getting worse, and last week was arguably the worst week I've ever had in trying to predict games, which is another reason why I titled this podcast, Nobody Knows Shit, and we'll talk about why. Last week, I went 5-8-1, and one, okay? Obviously, the tie with the Lions and the Steelers, I didn't get it wrong, didn't get it right. Sounds like a tie to me, just like those MFers did. They tied. On the season, that puts me at 92-57-1, okay? What up, Jordan? Welcome to the podcast version. All right, so like I said, last week, crazy. Nobody knows shit. That's the title of this podcast episode. Um, and what do I mean by that? Okay, let's start off with my picks, okay? Um, we'll start off with my picks, and then we'll recap some games and then kind of discuss the little the title of this episode. So last week, it started off bad, right, with uh, the Ravens-Dolphins, okay? The Ravens were looking good. They got a good win against Minnesota at home in overtime. Um, so yeah, I was just, I was just, I wasn't on the, the Ravens bandwagon, but, but man, it's like, what the hell is going on in the NFL? The Dolphins came out and, uh, just played some of the best defense on the Ravens. It was the fewest points Lamar Jackson had ever scored. Um, and yeah, I'll get to that Monday night game, Jordan. I couldn't believe my eyes last night. Anyway, I picked the Ravens to win, so I got that wrong. Okay. Cowboys-Falcons, I got that right. Saints-Titans, um, I picked the Titans, so that was a dub. Uh, Jags-Colts, I did pick the Colts, so that was a dub. I almost got that score. It was 23-17. to I picked 27-23. Browns-Patriots, I wasn't confident in this pick, but I did pick the Patriots 21-20. They instead blow out the Browns. And, and I'll, I'm going over them quick, but I'll recap them one by one in a second. I just want to go over my picks first. Uh, Bills at Jets. Bills get the easy dub. Had that. Lions, Steelers, like I said, they tied. That's where my tie came from. Uh, Bucks, Redskins. I had the Bucks. Panthers, Cardinals. I didn't know Kyler Murray wasn't going to play. And I made my pick before Cam Newton signed as well. So I got that one wrong because I picked the Cardinals 27-17. Uh, Eagles, Broncos. The Broncos just shell-shocked the Cowboys, so I picked the Broncos. I got that wrong. Seahawks-Packers. I wasn't sure how the Packers would look on one with no practicing with Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, they didn't look amazing, but the Seahawks looked even worse with Russ. So, I got that one wrong. I picked the Seahawks. Uh, Chiefs-Raiders. The way the season been going, I picked the Raiders. Obviously, I got that wrong. And then Rams-Niners. I picked the Rams to win by 16. So, I was really high on the Rams there. And then in the Vikings game, the way the Vikings have been playing, I picked the Chargers. So I think I'm just going to pick against the Vikings all year unless they're playing like the Lions. I've said that in the last two podcasts. But um, so I got that wrong. And that's why I went 5-8-1 and one this week. The worst I ever did. Um, yeah, we'll talk about your Rams, Jordan. All right, let's recap, recap the games a little bit one by one. 
Uh, Vikings beat the Chargers 27-20. They're pretty much in control the whole game. They were up 13-3. Um, yeah, they were up 13-3. And then uh, they went up 27-17. So they had two different times in this game where they went up by 10 points. And for the first time this year, they actually closed. Um, hella cojones by Mike Zimmer finally. It was 3rd and 20. We hit an 18-yard pass to Thielen. Cousins hit an 18-yard uh, pass to Thielen. And then on 4th and 2, Zim said, fuck this, we're going for it, and, and tossed it out to Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin got basically got the win. Um, Cousins led the way with 294 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Dalvin Cook had 94 yards and a touchdown. And then the, through the air, it was the Justin Jefferson show because he finally got targets. He had nine catches, 143 yards. Um, but two touchdowns came from the tight end, Tyler Conklin. And then on defense... Eric Kendricks doesn't get the national love he should, but he's an all-pro. He's arguably a top-three linebacker in the game. Uh, he had just another seven tackles, a sack, an interception. He now has four interceptions on the year. Think about that. A linebacker has four picks, and a lot of these DBs don't even have four picks. Uh, for the Chargers, Herbert didn't even hit 200 yards. He had 195. He had a touchdown. Of course, that pick we're talking about. Uh, the Chargers, I mean, they, they really didn't do nothing on offense. Minnesota completely controlled the game. Um, they only had 82 yards rushing and 171 yards passing. So Vikings dominate this one again, the win column, uh, and dominated time of possession, 36 minutes to 23. And that's kind of how the Vikings won that game. Give me one second. Got to sneeze, guys. All right. Sorry about that. All right. Like I said, with, uh, moving on to the Dolphins and uh, Ravens, the Dolphins defense played tons of cover one and just dominated Lamar. Um... Held them to 10 points scoring. And then uh, Tua came in because Brissett got hurt. Nobody was expecting to see Tua. So, again, um, nobody knows shit because everybody was talking. I mean, the way the season was going, the Dolphins were 1-7, uh, and seven, I think, on the year. 2-7 and seven on the year. And uh, the Ravens were rolling, like I said, coming off an overtime win. And it was like everybody's going to pick the Ravens, right? And then this is what happens. The Dolphins kind of, you know, made everybody say nobody knows shit. Uh, yeah, like I said, Lamar had 238 yards of touchdowns and interception. He was leading rusher with 39 yards. And that was pretty much it. There was no, there was nothing big in this game. The, the Dolphins leading rusher, um, 14 carries for 31 yards. That's kind of bad. So, again, the, the Dolphins did this with defense. So, uh yeah, Lamar was struggling like mug. And, and like I said, it was uh, the cover one Miami was running kind of got to him. Uh, Miami did a good job of blitzing from different angles. And they never really sent more than four or five. But they confused the, the Ravens offensive line, and it really worked. So I wonder if we're going to see that going forward um, when defense is game plan for Lamar. And um, to be honest... Yeah, they got. That's what I'm saying. They got pressure with four and five, which was which, and they came from different angles, which was confusing the O line, which is why they were able to get pressure. But they didn't send six and seven, which is what a lot of teams will do to get pressure. But with Lamar, with, they didn't have to do that um, this week. Moving on to the Atlanta Dallas game, uh, Dallas completely dominated. Dak threw for two ninety six. Um, two touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb did his thing just under 100 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Falcons couldn't get anything going. 
Uh, they turned the ball over quite a few times. And there's not much to say about this game, but Dallas got back on the snide, put 29 points up in the uh, second quarter to dominate 43-3. I mean, there's not much to say about this game. But we know that the, the Falcons are a fringe playoff contender and the Cowboys are looking to make a deep run. Saints-Titans. Um, this one could have went the other way if it wasn't for the refs, to be honest. The ref and the passer call kind of changed the game. But uh, Trevor Simeon threw for 298, two touchdowns. Ingram ran for 47 yards. It's important to note that Ingram became the Saints' all-time leading rusher, which, you know, Ricky Williams, I don't think he was there that long, but Deuce McAllister, and um, I don't know too much of Saints history because, honestly, the Saints haven't had too much history except from the the late 2000s in the past uh, 15 years or so. Their, their most famous player was Arch Manning, you know, father of Peyton and Eli. And they were always called the Aints. And so, shout out to Mark Ingram for com- for becoming the all-time leading rusher in Saints history. That's awesome feat. On the Tennessee side, Tannehill had 213 and a touchdown. Nothing spectacular. He just completed the ball and didn't turn it over. Uh, Adrian Pearson added in 21 yards. Foreman had 30. So, they're just going by running back by committee. But they, they are not really running the ball, to be honest. So, we'll see if they can get that going because... I think it's eventually going to catch up with them that Derrick Henry's not there. Uh, Marcus Johnson was the leading receiver. Five catches, 100 yards. I don't know much about Marcus Johnson, to be honest with you. He's uh, He went to Texas, 27 years old. But shout out to him having a 100-yard game on uh, catching five or six targets. Yeah, four minutes. I mean, but Peterson's been on the street for a long time. I think it's going to take a minute for him to get going. But, again, Peterson's, what, 36? Yeah. I just want him to get, like, 40, 50 yards a game so he can uh, become fourth all time. All right. So, Titans won that 23-21. Moving on to the next game, Jaguars-Colts. Colts won 23-17. They got off to an early uh, early lead with the block punt. Um, for Jacksonville, uh, Trevor Lawrence don't, ha- don't have a lot of help. So he's going to keep struggling. Um, Agnew had a uh, 66-yard touchdown run. James Robinson had 12 carries for 10 yards and a touchdown. I think Jacksonville's got to commit to the run more. You, Trevor Lawrence threw 35 passes. I think the sweet spot for Trevor Lawrence right now would be from 26 to 32. So getting up to 35, I mean, like I said, last week or something, he had like 50. and you know, Or two weeks ago, he had 50. And I'm like, you got to stop. You gotta stop trying to throw the ball so much. They need to get their run game going. Okay. You had you think Agnew had three carries, Robinson had twelve, and then Trevor Lawrence had five. Okay. Robinson should be getting eighteen to to twenty four carries. Agnew, you can get him five carries. Okay. Carlos Hyde had two carries. They need to run the ball more. I think that's the only way they're gonna find success. On the other side of the ball, Carson Wentz, all he's got to do is not turn it over, which. He went 22 is 34 with 180 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. The Colts, the Colts go as Jonathan Taylor and their defense goes. Jonathan Taylor had 21 carries for a buck 16 and a touchdown average in five and a half yards a carry. This is this is the guy that's going to win the rushing title. Okay, he's going to win the rushing title because Derrick Henry's hurt. Okay, I got to talk about my boy Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook missed two games and had a bye week, and he's still top five in rushing. Pretty fucking crazy. Uh, Pittman becoming a star out there with five uh, five catches on five targets for 71 yards. The Colts, like I said, they just they need to play defense and run the ball. That's that's their that's their formula for success, and they're starting to get in a roll. We'll look at the standings in a minute. 
Moving on to the Browns, the Patriots. This was a complete ass whooping. Um, Baker Mayfield couldn't even throw for 73 yards. I think he tweaked his knee and he went out this game. Uh, they've been hit with the COVID bug. Both their running backs have been out. Um, Dearness Johnson's, you know, he's okay, but he's not Nick Chubb and he's not Kareem Hunt, to be honest. 19 carries, 99 yards. That's serviceable. That's good. But Nick Chubb is a game-changing back, okay? He really is. He's a top five back in the league, and he's one of the most um, underappreciated backs as well. So when they get him back, I think Cleveland's offense will start to roll a little bit more. But they need to they need to figure out what to do with Baker because he's struggling. And I know it, it's probably those injuries. He's got his torn shoulder, a broken shoulder, a torn labrum, whatever it is. But the Browns, the Browns need to figure out their quarterback situation because they have a very good defense and they have a, lo- a great offensive line. They have great running backs. But New England took them to the woodshed. Uh, story was Mac Jones going 19 to 23, 198 yards, 198 yards and three touchdowns. He went crazy, and he's looking like the best rookie quarterback right now. Okay, it's freaking early, all right? He's in the best situation, to be honest. So let's pump the brakes, and let's not commit to saying who's a bust and who's the greatest. Let's just let it play out. For the Patriots, okay, shout out to Ramondre Stevenson, okay? This dude had 20 carries for 100 yards and two touchdowns, and he is from Las Vegas. He went to Centennial High School, okay? So shout out to him, represented for the 702, okay? He was on the rich side, but hey, you were a Centennial Bulldog, and you run like a damn Bulldog. So shout out to you for so for putting on for Las Vegas. Appreciate you, man. Uh, Bourne had four catches, 98 yards, and touchdown, and then Jacoby Myers finally scored a touchdown. How awesome is that? Because he went for a long time. Excuse me, guys. I got to blow my nose again. Okay. As I was saying, shout out to Jacoby Myers for finally scoring his first career touchdown. So, yeah, the Patriots are rolling again. They're doing it with defense. Um, they look like the Patriots of the, the 03, the 04, 06, or whatever, that 3-4 that and four dynasty. Where uh, Tom Brady wasn't the reason they won the Super Bowls. It was their defense. Um, Maybe they found that formula again. Because they're one of the hottest teams in the league. Moving on to their uh, two of their division rivals. The Bills versus the Jets. Bills put up the same as the Patriots. 45, Jets 17. I think it's safe to say the Mike White train is coming to a halt. But again, he's a rookie. But, I mean, the kid threw four picks, man. That's tough to win football like that. Josh Allen did his thing. He threw for 366. Uh, Bills had two receivers over 100 yards. Diggs had eight for 162 in a touchdown. And uh, Gabriel Davis had three for 105. So um, there's there's not much stock in this game either. Again, the Jets are trash. Buffalo is a Super Bowl contender. There's not much we can look at here. And we're not learning. Um, we're not learning much about either of these teams that we didn't already know. Moving on to the next game, it's the tie, Lions-Steelers. I fully believe Big Ben plays. The Steelers win this game. Simple as that. Um, I do want to address there shouldn't be ties in the NFL. I like the college format, but if they're in the NFL, put the ball at like the 40 or the 50 instead of the um, 25. So put the ball at the 40 or 50, whatever you choose, whatever the rules committee comes up with, okay? And again, you got your drive. If you score a field goal or a touchdown, cool. The other team has a chance to match from the 40 or the 50. Okay, And if they match, go overtime too. But get rid of fucking ties. It's 2021. We don't need any ties. Let's keep it moving. 
Okay. Um, Lions won't break their record for most losses in a season, but they can still tie it by going 0-16-1. Um, like I said, this is a setback for the Steelers, but a tie could help them in, a, in some of the tiebreakers. So once Big Ben's back, I think the Steelers will get back rolling. Uh, Bucks football team again. Nobody knows shit. Why? Why do the both teams come off a bye? You think the Bucks off a bye? They're gonna smack them? Nope. Nope. Taylor Heineke has two fifty six. He only threw six incompletions, and he drove down the field for like eight decades to make sure that the Bucks didn't get the ball. So, um, Washington football team's D line was able to get after it a little bit, and then Tom Brady struggled and threw two picks. So, I mean, it's always been the recipe for success against Tom. It's when he's lost his Super Bowls, it's been the pressure. Okay, so if you can get a lot of pressure on Tom, I mean, just like any other quarterback, you get the pressure, you can beat him, you can force him into mistakes, especially at 45 years old. Uh, Panthers at Cardinals, Cam Newton, two touchdowns, man. McCaffrey had 95 yards. P.J. Walker was just okay. He was able to do enough. Uh, McCaffrey, leading receiver. Roby scored a touchdown. And then Arizona could only do so much without Kyler or um, Hop. So can't put much stock in this game, but I'm so happy Cam is back in in Panthers uniform. That's awesome. That makes me happy. Eagles-Broncos. Nobody knows shit. Denver goes into Jerry World, beats the brakes off the Cowboys, and then comes back and loses to the Eagles. I don't know what to make of the Eagles. I don't. But rookie receiver Devonta Smith had two touchdowns. Um... And I don't know what to make either of these teams. It's again, nobody knows shit. So we're going to have to wait for another week or two to see what, who's the pretender, who's the contender, all that good stuff. But again, it's hard to figure out. Seahawks season's probably over with this 17-0 loss to Green Bay. Russell Wilson threw two picks. But again, he I think he rushed back. Um, they couldn't run the ball. I mean, Russell Wilson almost led the team in yards at 32 rushing yards. Collins had 41. Um, again, the, there's not much to talk about with Seattle when you get shut out. Rodgers did look a little rusty, but again, I he missed 10 days. He wasn't practicing. He'll shake that off, and I think the Packers are still going to be a dangerous, dangerous team. Adams still had 7 for 78. A.J. Dillon runs angry. The big thing about this game, though, is Aaron Jones uh, messed up his MCL. He's probably going to be out two, two to four weeks. So uh, Packers got a big game this week. Um, against division rival Minnesota in Minnesota. So it's a game they could lose. Moving on to nobody knows shit. Raiders been hot. Chiefs been struggling. So, of course, you think, that oh, Raiders will get them in Vegas. Nope. Mahomes comes out and lights this bitch up. He throws for 406 yards and five touchdowns, taking what's given to him and just moving moving the offense. This looked like the, the dangerous Mahomes that we've come to fear. And if he's starting to get going... A scary sight. Kelsey had eight for 119. Um, receiving Daryl Williams had nine for uh 101. Tyreek Hill had seven for 83 and two touchdowns. It's just Patrick Mahomes did whatever he wanted against the Vegas defense. Um, looks like the Raiders are coming back down to earth and uh, they need to get Jacobs involved more. He only had seven carries for 16 yards. And I think for the Raiders to be successful, you get the ball to him and then your play action works to Waller. So, yeah, I just think these two these are two teams heading in the opposite direction. I think by the end of the season, the Las Vegas Raiders will be a 500 team again, and the Chiefs will be 11 or so wins getting ready for a playoff for a Lombardi run. 
Moving on to last night's debacle. Again, nobody knows shit. But we get to the Rams and Niners. And everybody's hyped up. Von Miller's playing. Odell's playing. Rams gonna beat the brakes off the Niners. And the Niners come out and punch them in the mouth. 14-0 first quarter. And it's just catch up from there. Stafford struggled. He threw two more picks. He's been looking very sus the last two weeks. He's been looking like a lion, Stafford. Cooper Cup still did his thing for 11-122, but they were able to keep him out of the end zone. And then we saw what the Niners did. The Niners just ran the ball down their throat. Mitchell had 27 carries. Wilson had 10 carries. Debo had 5 carries. So, I mean, how many yards did they have rushing? 156. They just And they chewed the clock. 39 minutes of possession to 20. That's how you beat a, a team with a, with a high-potent offense like the Rams. You keep them off the field. And that's what the Niners did. They punched them in the mouth, and they drove, drove, drove. So now, I don't think the Rams are going to fall off too much. They're 7-3. and three, Okay, They're still going to get to about 10 or 11 wins. But who are the Niners? Can't, again, nobody knows shit. we got to wait two to three weeks for this to play out. Okay, So what I'm basically saying is, after this week, nobody knows shit. You got, or the last two weeks even. I mean, you got the Bucks losing to the Washington football team. You got the Lions and Steelers tying. You got the Eagles beating the Broncos after the Broncos beat the Brakes off the Cowboys. You got the Jags beating the Bills. I mean, basically, everybody's losing to somebody they shouldn't lose to. There's a lot of parity in the NFL. So, again, nobody knows shit. Um, and just to recap, the people on the bye last week were the Bears, Bengals, Texans, and Giants. So, those teams did not play. So that's kind of what happened last week. And, and the question to ask is, why so many unpredictable games this year? Why is it? Is it the officiating? Is it the mentality? I mean, personally, I still think offense win games, defense wins championships. What up? DeLon, Bears fan upset the Ravens. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know about it. But I know the Ravens off a loss are tough. Um, so, yeah, the, that question we got to ask is why are there so many unpredictable games this year? And I just think it's philosophy. Um, I think you see teams that want to establish the run, try to control possession and play defense. Those, those teams are good teams. That's why the Niners did what they did to the, uh, to the Rams. Okay, You can keep opponent offense off the field. You have a better chance. And I think time of possession is one of the most uh, – under talked about stats when it comes to winning if you can possess the ball more than the other team time wise okay not always possessions but if you can hold the ball for long 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 and large chunks of time i think that's a winning formula if you have a good defense as well you don't even have to have a great defense but like we talked about the rams had 39 uh minutes of possession and uh the rams had 20 like I talked about the Vikings game. The Vikings had 36 minutes of possession to the to the Chargers 23. Okay, time of possession. You're, you're forcing the other team not to, I mean, panic isn't the right word, but you're forcing them to kind of rush themselves. If you're holding the ball forever and it results in points, they're like, fuck, now we got to go score. But then they run out of time and shit like that. So again, I think time of possession is a key point of football that doesn't get talked about enough. So that's kind of why I think so many unpredictable games this year. Yes, I agree. Matchups and, and momentum during the game is a huge factor as well. Um, and it seems like teams are... There's two ways to look at it. Either the momentum shock doesn't last long enough 
or it does last too much. And what I mean by that is somebody gets momentum and then they start reeling like, damn, we can't catch up. Or someone gets momentum and then someone else shoots it right back. And so you're the team that lost momentum after you just had momentum. And you're like, fuck. And you're shell-shocked. Um, so, yeah, it's just a, it's a crazy, unpredictable year, like I said, with all these upsets, you know, that I just talked about. Uh, let's take a look at league leaders. And then we'll get into the standings, talk about the playoff races. And then I'll make my picks for this week before that ends this podcast. And we get into playing some Vanguard. Shout out to everybody who's been watching and participating, too. So let's take a look at stat leaders. I'll go probably to the top three, three-ish in each category. Passing leader right now is Matt Stafford, 3,000 yards, 3,014 yards. Mahomes, 2,940, and Brady at 2,870. Passing touchdowns leaders, Tom Brady at 27, Mahomes at 25, and uh, Matthew Stafford at 24. Uh, rushing leaders, Jonathan Taylor, like I said, he uh, well, he's tied with Derrick Henry, and we talked about... Uh, when I was recapping the Colts game, I said Jonathan Taylor is going to lead the lead in rushing for two reasons. One, Derrick Henry is going to be out basically the rest of the year. And two, Dalvin Cook missed two games, already had a bye, and he's top five in rushing. But if, you know, he'd be at about eight four eight fifty to almost 900 if he didn't miss two games already, which means he'd be in striking distance of Jonathan Taylor. Plus, he had a bye. So, I mean, another 300 yards for Dalvin. He's at 348. So, uh, but yeah, Jonathan Taylor is going to win the rushing title, and he's he's someone that I think the the uh, the Colts have to just use him as a workhorse, keep it going. So Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry tied at nine thirty seven, Nick Chubb seven twenty one, and Zeke at six sixty three. Rushing touchdowns: James Conner eleven, Derrick Henry ten, Jonathan Taylor nine. Let's go look at receptions. I think we're not, we're all uh, aware that it's probably Cooper Cup, which it is eighty five. Tyreek Hill with 75, and then Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen both with 65. Let's go to uh, receiving yards. Number one is Cooper Cup. He's already got 1,141. Debo Samuel having an insane year. Debo's been impressive. I think he deserves a Pro Bowl this year with 979, and Devontae Adams with 864. Uh, receiving touchdowns, Cooper Cup with 10, Evans with 9, Tyreek and Metcalf tied with 8. That's pretty impressive for Metcalf to have eight with Russell Wilson being out most of the year. Uh, let's see. Let's go to sacks. Most sacks in the league right now is Miles Garrett with 13, TJ Watt with 12 and a half, and Harold Landry with 10. Uh, interceptions leaders, we all know it's uh, Trayvon Diggs with eight, right? JC Jackson and Kevin Byard are uh, tied with five, and then there's quite a few more tied with four. And then if we're looking at tackles, Denzel Perriman with 102, Bobby Wagner with 101, and then Foy Olokun with 100. And I have to say, like, again, Vikings had their bye, Eric Kendrick with 92. He's 10 off. He's had plenty of 10 tackle games. So, again, looking at the, the, the league leaders, sometimes it's hard to judge because of the buys. Once everybody's have a, had their bye and everybody's had the same amount of games, then it's fun to look at it and see, like, Who's going who's gonna to win the rushing title? You know, who's going to win the sack title? Things like that. They need to make like a belt for like the sack title or a crown for the... Like these little type of awards for like the passing title, rushing title, receiving title. Like it would be just a little, little more fun, I think, to add these little awards when they do that NFL award show at the end of the year. All right, so that's your league leaders. Let's take a look at the standings. Come on, man. 
You got to watch other teams, DeLon, to just say that. I just want to ask, what makes him better than Eric Kendricks? Okay, please answer me that. I love Roquan Smith. He is a fucking dog. But what does he do that Eric Kendricks can't do? And Eric Kendricks has been doing it longer. Okay? We're both going to be biased in that, but but I don't think it's fair for you to say that when, when Eric Kendricks does what he does. All right, let's take a look at standings. Sorry, we had a viewer here chime in that said Roquan is the best inside linebacker in football right now, and I think it's Kendricks. All right, let's take a look at the playoff standings. Like I said, we won't do this every week, but it's been a while since we did it. Um, in the AFC, your number one seed right now is Tennessee, Buffalo 2, Baltimore 3, Kansas City 4. Then you got your wild cards at Pittsburgh, New England, and LA Chargers. I really think New England is... Uh... <sighs> How can you prove that? Kendricks has more tackles. Um... Chargers five and four. They got the last wild card spot. Um, <laughs> crack me up, man. Um, Chargers at that last wild card spot at five and four, but so are the Raiders and so are the Bengals, so they must uh, hold the tiebreakers. The Colts are coming. They're five and five if they're starting one and four, or one and three, one and four, I think. And Cleveland and Denver are both five and five, so I would put the cap right there at Denver. But again. Vegas is is reeling. I don't think they're going to be in this race in about three weeks. Listen, I got to stop, man. Have you seen the interceptions that Eric Kendricks has made this year? First of all, he's got four picks. Okay. Second of all, the athleticism and the coverage he's displayed on those interceptions are ridiculous. They've also come at great times and they've been game changing. You, you're just like, I get how good Raquan Smith is. But I just think you don't watch enough Eric Kendricks to make a fair judgment. All right, so that's our AFC playoff picture, like I said. Okay, in the NFC, um, Green Bay is currently the one seed at 8-2. and two. Arizona is the two seed at 8-2 and two because Green Bay beat Arizona. Dallas is the three seed at 7-2. And Tampa has fallen to the four seed at 6-3. and three. Uh, then in the wild card race, you got the Rams. Number one wild card team is 7-3. New Orleans at 5-4. Carolina at five and five and then right behind okay there's four teams I'll say in the race for that that spot that Carolina has and all of them have played all of them but one have played one less game that's Minnesota San Francisco and Atlanta all at four and five um, and in the race as well I think the Saints are going to fall out of this race I think Carolina is going to overtake them I do think Carolina gets nine or ten wins and they'll be right there the big matchup is, okay, and I, th I see Atlanta falling off too. I don't think they'll be in this race at the end. It'll be interesting to see what the Eagles do with their easy schedule. And then Minnesota and San Francisco play each other in about two or three weeks. That will be a pivotal game and who gets that wild card spot. Um, right now, I think the Niners have the edge. Um, they've looked better than the Vikings. So it's just going to be interesting to see that play out. But I think, I think when it's all said and done, the wild cards are the Rams... Or the Cardinals, because I think the Rams can still win the division. So it's either going to be Rams, Cardinals, Panthers, and then it's either going to be the Vikings or Niners, in my opinion, on who gets that last wild card spot. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at in the standings. Um, I guess all that's left to do for this podcast is uh, make our picks for this week. And um, did I do? Lately, I haven't been doing, writing the Vikings down, but I wrote them down. All right. So for my week 11 picks... Patriots at Falcons. I'm going to go Patriots 27, Falcons 13. Colts at Bills. 
this is going to be a tough game. Um, the only way the Colts have a chance is if we talk, like we talked about, the time of possession. If they can keep the ball away from the Bills and hold the ball for 30 to 35 minutes and just pound Jonathan Taylor down the field, 30 carries, I think the Colts have a chance. But I'm going to pick the Bills at home, 27-24. Ravens at Bears. Uh, John Harbaugh is very good after a loss. The Bears are coming off a bye and had two weeks to prepare. So my thing is, I think the Bears probably watched that Dolphins game and they're going to incorporate some of the Dolphins' defense into their game plan. What I mean by that is the Bears are going to probably go some cover one and they're going to switch up their rush angles. I think this will be a tight game, probably up until halftime, but I think the Ravens' offense will just make a couple more plays and win this game 24-10. to 10. Uh, Just because I... I I can't bet against Harbaugh after a loss. Lions at Browns. I think the Browns are going to get going. They'll win that one 30-16. I don't know where the Lions win is going to come from. So, I think and the more they go into the season, the harder it is going to get. But again, this this episode is titled Nobody Knows Shit. This is probably the game the Lions fucking win with me saying that. But I'm going to go Browns 30, Lions 16. Texans at... Titans, uh, Texans, I don't think highly of at all. Please, please, Jordan. Texans, 19. Titans, 31 is what I'm going to predict. Dolphins at Jets. This is a flip of coin, uh, but the Dolphins have won two straight, and they've looked decent. So I'm going to take the Dolphins, 23. Jets, 20. Saints at Eagles. Again, this is a coin flip. Nobody knows shit. Every time I think the Saints are going to win, they lose. Every time I think the Saints are going to lose, they win. And the same thing can be said for the Eagles. Every time I think they're going to win, they lose. Every time I think they're going to lose, they're going to win. So I'm just taking the home team and I'm picking it by one point. Eagles 21, Saints 20. Flip a fucking coin. Uh, Washington football team at Carolina Panthers. It's either the Ron Rivera revenge game or the Cam Newton revenge game. Cam Newton get revenge against Ron Rivera. I'm taking the Panthers 28-13. to 13. Like I said, I think the Panthers are, are the one of the wild card teams in the NFC. And I love their fucking defense, man. They got a fearsome pass rush inside with um, Brown from Auburn. I can't think of his name right now. But off the edges, they got Brian Burns. They got Hassan Reddick. They got Shaq Thompson in the middle of that linebacking corpse. Um, their secondary has been loaded. Jeremy Chin, Stephon Gilmore, Dante Jackson. They don't even have their lockdown rookie, J.C. Horn. I love the Panthers' defense. So I think they're going to stifle. I think they're really going to stifle Taylor Heineke. I'm going to go Panthers 28, football team 13. And then, uh, yeah, Jordan saying Panthers too in the comments. Uh, 49ers 27, Jags 22. Uh, I just don't think much of the Jags. And uh, the Niners look more impressive on Monday night. So I'm going to roll with the Niners. Bengals at Raiders. Again, I think the Raiders are trending in the wrong direction. Um, Bengals were coming off a bye, if I remember correctly. Yes. So I'm going to go Bengals 31, Raiders 27. Uh, Cowboys at Chiefs. I think this is going to be a shootout. Uh, Dak's going to throw for 300. Mahomes is going to throw for 300. Who has the ball last? I'm going to guess Chiefs at home 37, 34. Arguably the game of the week on tap right there. Yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs, 37-34. Cardinals at Seahawks. I'm sure Kyler will be back for this game. Um, yeah, Jordan, shootout, but I got the other team. Cardinals at Seahawks. Again, Seahawks, this is the end of them. 
they're no longer going to be atop of the NFC West. I think Pete Carroll is going to retire. I think uh, Russell Wilson will end up in a different city. Keep an eye on New Orleans. But this is the end of the Seahawks as we know them. Cardinals 31, Seahawks 17. Steelers at Chargers. Uh, Steelers have a long list of players that are likely going to be out. Um, I don't even want to read it again. I saw it earlier. I'm going to go Chargers 29, Steelers 13. Giants at Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to hear a lot of talk of like, what's wrong with Tom? What's wrong with the Bucks? Oh my God, this and that. And then they're going to come out and beat the Giants like by 14, 31 17. So I got Bucks easy. We're both on the Chargers. Nice, nice, nice. Um, and that leads me to the last game Packers at Vikings. I told you guys two weeks ago, I'm not picking the fucking Vikings against anybody that's good. I'm just not doing it. I am not setting myself up for failure. I'm not setting myself up to get my heart broken. I'm not setting myself up for the letdown. So, even though this is in Minnesota, okay, I'm trying to do this little reverse psychology thing for the past couple weeks. I'm going to pick the Packers 27, the Vikings 23. But again, let me flip this really quick. I'm picking the Packers, but here's what I'm going to say. Zim is a great schemer against Aaron Rodgers. He has caused a lot of problems for him. Um, the Vikings upset the Packers last year when our whole fucking defense was a JV defense. So I think the Vikings will keep this close. I'm just worried about the end of the game struggles the Vikings have had this year. And I trust Aaron Rodgers more than I trust Kirk Cousins. Kirk's having a great year. He's been clutch as fuck this year. He's not turning the ball over. The Vikings can win this game, but I'm for my picks, I'm going to pick the Packers 27-23, but you know I'm going Vikings all the way. Skull. 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 Okay. Uh, that leaves the Broncos and the Rams on a bye. Jordan said the bye couldn't come at a better time for the Rams. I agree. Two straight losses and tough losses. I think the Rams will be okay, and I think they're still going to win the division. But that kind of wraps up this episode. Uh, nice 40-something minutes. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're going to watch this on YouTube later. If you are watching it now on YouTube, don't forget like and subscribe. Um, don't forget you can download this podcast on Apple, Google, Podbean, like I said, or on YouTube. I want to thank you guys for watching, and I will see you or you will hear me again for the podcast live on Twitch Tuesday, 6 p.m. West Coast time, the best coast time. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll catch you next week.